Hey everybody, welcome back to the Contiki Podcast. A place to get double feature film recommendations from some of your favorite musicians, filmmakers, and artists. I am your host, Eric Mahoney. On the program today, veteran rocker, guitarist, vocalist for the band L7, Danita Sparks is on. Uh, really excited to have her on. Been a fan of her music for a really long time. Uh, it's also the 30th anniversary of the L7 album, Smell the Magic. They have some cool things going on around that, including a new video. I saw a vinyl pressing, a cassette. So check out L7 online for any of these uh, updates around the 30th anniversary of a really great rock record. Uh, during quarantine, Danita also started a... A program called The High Low Show, which is on YouTube, and it's kind of a public access kind of variety show vibe that's really cool and funny. It has some great people on it. We kind of discuss it briefly here in the show, but uh, I checked out some of these episodes after she hit me to it um, after our conversation, and it's it's really worth checking out. Uh, A couple of uh, Contiki former guests David Yao and Fred Armisen uh, make appearances. But yeah, it's funny, it's cool, it's creative, and um, kept her busy uh, during these weird, weird times. So uh, check that out. It's called The High Low Show, and you can see it on YouTube. Um, Okay, let's get into our conversation today. A couple of really cool picks uh, that I firmly stand behind uh, from Danita on the show. So uh, let's get into it. And here, a double feature film recommendation and uh, my conversation with musician Danita Sparks. Hey, Danita. Hi, Eric. How's it going? Good. How are you? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you very well. Thank you. Yes. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. You're in Brooklyn? Right. Is, that what you, is that where you are? You're in Brooklyn? I am. Cool. Yes. Yes. I'm in Brooklyn. It's uh, it's better. Uh, it's better than it was earlier this year. Earlier this year was a bit of a nightmare. So um, so that's uh, better um, in terms of the Yeah. Whole- I had a friend that just um, visited Brooklyn, and she said it's much more... Um, livable than LA right now, just in terms of like things that are open and, and, and people are wearing masks. I mean, people are wearing masks here too, but she just, she just thought that Brooklyn was a little more livable right now than LA. Um, yeah, I could see that. I could see that March, April, it was, um, zombie flick. Yeah. Full on. Yeah. It, it, it absolutely was. It was pretty strange and, and sad. So, so yeah, it's nice to see that, you know, there's some you know, slight normalcy. So what have you been doing this year to kind of occupy your time with all this? Like, are you, are you writing music? Are you creating things? Are you, are you someone that goes crazy in this situation or, or do, is it nice or what's, how's, how's all this been treating you? Well, starting in April, I did a, a fundraiser that turned into a whole series um, shot out of my living room called the high low show. And um, it's kind of uh, it, it was, it's kind of an absurdist, Rupert Pupkin-esque uh, kind of oh, show um, cool. that I did out of my living room. And um, I think you might like it if you like weird stuff. It's a little bit late night public access. It's a little bit um, new wave theater or, uh, you know, just, just kind of weird. Um, it's not very L7. It's very, uh, you know, I used to do performance art in the 80s in LA, kind of comedy-based performance. And not comedy-based, but with humor, I should say. And um, so the show is is kind of like that. It's called The High-Low Show. And so I did, um, I did eight 
episodes of that. And that took me all the way through July and time was flying by because I was writing it and, and co-directing it. And uh, now without that, now, now the, now it's like the pandemic's hitting me. It's like, whoa, like it's just, but um, yeah, I was very, very busy, but now I'm kind of like, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, like what, how long <laughs> is this going to last? But yeah. Cause we had touring plans this summer and they were all canceled. Right. And so I'm glad I had the high low show to fill that time. So that, so here we are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. It's a crazy time. Well, that's cool. I'll check that out. I did not know about it. I'd love to watch that. That sounds right up my alley. Oh yeah. I think you would very much enjoy it, uh, Eric. If you like, if you like weird video shows. So, did you guys did you guys reschedule any tour stuff, or are you just completely waiting for the world to like get back to normal before you pull the trigger on that? Well, you know, it's interesting because we everything has been set forward a year to the day because it's a, it's kind of an interesting thing with promoters um, because if there are a flood of refund requests they will go under, no doubt about it. So it's like everything was just like, okay, now it's, you know, May May 20th in Brisbane, Australia, you know, like 2021, you know, so everything's just been like, you know, hold on to your tickets. We'll be there next year. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll be ready to go. So that's yeah, such a weird, yeah, it's, it, there's so many conundrums about the whole thing, that, uh, you know, around the entertainment industry that's, that's so weird and so hard to figure out. But I enjoyed the documentary on you guys as well. What, 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 what was that experience like on the other side of things to have, have your, you know, career uh, immortalized in film? Was that a weird experience or was it fun or how, how did you feel about it? Well, it was, it was a, it was a shit ton of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, um, I did not, uh, I had final cut on it. So I went through many, many, I went through every cut and, and was making notes. I went through all of the archive footage, had that all transferred. Basically we handed our director everything like digital, like everything, you know, kind of, you know, um, but it was it was a shit ton of work for me, and but I'm really glad it's there, and I'm glad we got to tell our story because I think you know all bands are to a certain level um, misunderstood, and so I'm glad that we got at least some things clarified and uh, and and ha- and found some use for our home movie footage, which was great. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, no, yeah, I think it's wonderful. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a huge music doc person, and um, mm-hmm. cool. I, I always just, you know, I always enjoy them immensely. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great. But you know, I can appreciate that being on the other, being the person on screen and having those like lifelong relationships kind of, you know, played out um, can also be kind of sensitive and, and you know, uh, can can use some nuance, you know, in telling sometimes. So yeah, I was just curious what your experience was. Yeah, it was cool too because we all did our, our voiceovers separately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we weren't even really speak. We hadn't really spoken to each other yet. It was just kind of we kind of reconnected via the documentary through emails. Like, hey, would would you be interested in doing a voiceover? You know. And uh, that's kind of how we all started getting communicating, you know, communicating again. And this was pre-reunion. So that kind of helped lead up to our reunion, actually. Like, oh, we seem to be, we seem to be being civil with each other. Nobody's like saying fuck off or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, so it was a, it was a really good, uh, it was really good. Well, that's a good segue. Tell us what your double feature recommendation is, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about each of them individually a little bit and maybe some of the connectivity between the two. 
Okay, well, uh, my double feature today is The King of Comedy, uh, starring Robert De Niro, Martin Scorsese film, and um, uh, My Breakfast with Blassie, starring Andy Kaufman and Fred Blassie. And um, who's the director on that? Is it? It's I, Kaufman, isn't I, it? I believe he I'm not did. sure. Yeah, he co I believe he co-directed it. But oh, and don't let me forget, um, Jerry Lewis is also in the King of Comedy. Absolutely, so, he um, is. Yes, 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 he is. So those are my two choices today. Those are great. I'm a. I'm. I love Andy Kaufman. Um, well, let's talk about the. Let's get into the first one a little bit. Um, that's probably the better known of the two, I would imagine. Um, so King of Comedy. So of all, of all the Scorsese films, you know that you could that you could comb through. Uh, the, this one resonated. You, is this is this one of your favorites of his, or did you like the or did you like pairing it with the Kaufman film? What was the reasoning behind that first one? I would say the King of Comedy is one of my favorite films of all time. Of all, of time. all time. Gotcha. And I love. Gotcha. Don't get me wrong. I love Scorsese films. I think uh, Wolf of Wall Street is a masterpiece. I think Goodfellas is a masterpiece. I love Taxi Driver. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I like a lot of Scorsese stuff, but King of Comedy is just so offbeat and so unexpected. And um, De Niro's performance is just so uh, out of the box for him. And it's, uh, it's, it's just genius. It is. Yeah. Yeah. This performance from him at that time period, especially coming off of some other films um, is surprising and really amazing. Why don't, just for anyone that isn't familiar, can you give us just a brief synopsis of the plot for that one, just to kind of clue some people in if they haven't seen it? Well, our main uh, character is, uh, played by Robert De Niro, is Rupert Pupkin, and he is a massive fan of a talk show host named Jerry Langford, played by Jerry Lewis. And so it's a very different role for Jerry Lewis as well, because it is uh, pure drama, a dramatic role for Jerry Lewis. So it's almost like the, um, <laughs> almost like the genres are overturned just with, with the actor's expertise almost, you know? Um, even though I wouldn't say that De Niro's performance is comedic, but it's very, it, it's not a comedy, it's not a comedy. It's a, but I find it very, very funny. So um, I don't know. Like I, First off, let me let me preface this with I'm not a film critic, and I am not um, I'm not the most articulate in these matters. But um, uh, basically, Rupert Pupkin lives with his mother, and he wants to be a he wants to be a, a stand up comic, and he wants to eventually rise to being like a Jerry Langford, which is you know the talk show host guy, and um, so he just. Uh, is recording his comedy tapes in the basement of his mother's house. And he tries to get them to Jerry Langford sta uh, standing at the stage door. And there's always chaos at the stage door because everybody's trying to get to Jerry Langford, you know, the, the um, all the fans and the paparazzi. And uh, so he, he weasels his way sort of into Jerry Langford's life just by being this very, very pesky fan and um, it just kind of takes off yeah. from there. Yeah, exactly. And and so to take a little uh, diversion here, uh, there, you know, there's a lot of similarities. I don't know how you felt about the Joker movie, the Todd Phillips film, but there's a lot of similarities in that film. So it was almost sort of a much 
darker, more sinister remake of King of Comedy in a lot of ways. And I think the reason why De Niro was cast to play the talk show host in The Joker. Um, wh- what did you think about, or did, assuming you've seen Joker, if, and if you haven't, we can just skip, but if you have seen it, what did you think about that in relation to The King of Comedy? Because I, I thought about those two films a lot after I'd seen Joker. I thought it was, they're an excellent pairing for a... Um for a double feature as well. I thought The Joker was excellent. It was my favorite film of the year. Mm-hmm. I thought Joaquin Phoenix was outstanding. I, I loved that De Niro played the Jerry Langford uh, um, part this time. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was really, really great. I think that, it's a, like you say, it's a very different film, and yet the homage to King of Comedy was not, um, you know, I got it right away, and I thought it was really, really clever. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree too. And I like those references too. And I also like the, the, the King of Comedy too. What struck me watching it is that I thought, I thought it was a really interesting take on, on the obsession with fame at a time when we hadn't sort of jumped into this, what I would consider a hyper obsession with fame at this point where we are, you know, um, collectively in humanity, you know, this was, this is pre, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of that. Um, so I thought that was an interesting kind of, you know, predecessor, uh, kind of piece of work to where we were kind of heading in a lot of ways. But interestingly, I think that the King of Comedy was, um, after John Lennon's assassination, and this, from what I understand, um, Scorsese was very much thinking about the, uh, the assassination of John Lennon. And this is how this shit happens, right? Uh, oh, I did not John, know that. That's a, yeah. that's a really interesting, that's a really interesting piece of information. John I did Lennon, not know that. Yeah. John Lennon was killed by an obsessed fan. Right, right. Uh, who, who let him down. Uh, without even meeting him, you know, he met him once earlier in the day. But um, that—that's what I've been told. I believe it went into production post the assassination. I, when did King of Comedy come out? In like '83. Um, John Le- John Lennon was shot. Yeah, John Lennon was shot in 1980. So I think there was. Listen, the Manson murders had happened, and the assassination of John Lennon, and it was in the cards. You know, it was in the. You know, it was like things are changing. It's not like we've got to have, we've got to have more security. We've got to have more bodyguards. We've got to have. I think it was. I think it was a. Um, you know, uh, Lennon getting shot was a big game changer for a lot of a lot of celebrities. So this is um, King of Comedy is a very interesting thing. I also think it's interesting that like, you know. When you're when you're trying to make it in show business, you read all these articles about perseverance, perseverance. Don't be afraid to approach someone. Don't be afraid to pass your tape on to somebody. Don't be afraid to badger people. And this is what this is. Like Rupert Pupkin is constantly badgering uh, Jerry Langford and the people at his production office to get him his comedy tape. Lee, calm down. Calm down. Take your time. Uh, uh, You might have wondered who I am. I've been outside your show many, many times. And, uh, well... You know, I'm in communications right now, but by nature, and this is the point I'm trying to make, by nature, I'm a comedian, you know? No, no, I know what you're going to say. I don't know another one. But I'm, believe me, Jerry, I'm very good. I'm really good. I'm dynamite. I wouldn't go through this. I wouldn't take one minute of your time if I wasn't absolutely convinced that I'm dynamite. So you're probably wondering now, yeah, if he's so good, then how come he hasn't caught my act somewhere, right? Well, that's a very good question, and I'm willing to answer it, and I'll tell you why. You know why? 
See, up to now, I've been biding my time slowly and carefully, slowly and carefully, so that when my big break finally came, you know, like the night you were Jack Parr, when Jack Parr got sick, your big break? That was the night that convinced me that I wanted to be a comedian. So what I'm trying to say is that, you see, now I'm ready, I'm ready, and, I, and, I, and I've finished the course, and, I, and, I'm sit, and I'm thinking as I'm sitting here now, well, maybe this is my big break, this is my big chance, you know what I mean? What do you think? Look, what'd you say your name was? Rupert. My name is Rupert Buckman. All right, look, pal. I gotta tell you, this is a crazy business, but it's not unlike any other business. There yeah. are ground rules. And you don't just walk on to a network show without experience. Now, I know it's an old hackneyed expression, but it happens to be the truth. You got to start at the bottom. I know. That's where I am, at the bottom. That's a perfect place to start. And so it's this weird, like, you know, it's like, what do you believe as, as a... Uh, you know, and I believe I've got a little bit of Rupert Pupkin in me, and I've mm -hmm. got Jerry Langford in me, and I mm -hmm. feel like I've lived a little bit of both sides of it, not nearly as weird as Rupert Pupkin, um, and not nearly as famous as Jerry <laughs> Langford, but I get it, you know, yeah, I get pe yeah. people, people shove tapes at me, CDs at me all the time, uh, you know, try to get, try to get an alone time with me all the time, and most of the time, they're wonderful, lovely people. And sometimes they're a little, you know, a little concerning. And, and so <laughs> no joke, you know, no, no joke. I, I believe that concerning it, was just a really diplomatic and nice word to use. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, um, it's a really great film and even like, you know, R Rupert Pupkin's wardrobe is amazing. His hairdo is amazing. Uh, I love how they keep mispronouncing his name at the, uh, at the, at the, production offices of Jerry Lang of the Jerry Langford show. Uh, I love just a lot of things about it. I love him. Uh, I, I'm not going to give away any scenes or anything, but there are some scenes in it that are really great. Yeah. He's sort of the ultimate like bad luck kid. You know, he just, he, no one ever takes him seriously from, 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 yeah, from mispronouncing his name everywhere he goes on up the ladder. Uh, no, and just, should they take, life. no, and it's so weird too. It's like, should they take him seriously? <laughs> and you know, so many of these things are like, a lot of people are a joke until they're famous, and the, and this whole it, the the whole um, psychology of this film is very very uh, intriguing because it's like I've known plenty of people in rock and roll who were a fucking joke on the scene, and then they became huge. And it's like, hey, you're 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 a laughing stock until you make it. Uh, but there are a lot of people who believe that who um, will never make it. And they will forever be kind of um, a misfit and uh, kind of peculiar and not really socially acceptable. Right. Right. Yep. Yes. Well, that that's maybe that description is a good segue into Annie Kaufman a little bit <laughs> too. Um, uh, who? I mean, I, I just think the world of him. Um, this film in particular, this is also this is also like not a feature length runtime, isn't it? Like fifty minutes or something. This uh, I think it's sixty. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of a little like it's like way way north of a short and less than a feature. But um, I saw I saw it in the you know the I saw it in a movie theater when it came out. Oh, okay. You, oh, so, yeah. Okay. It was, it was right, a feature it, release it. in like art houses. Like I saw it in L.A. in the New Art or something. You know, uh, so it it was a. a 
you know, it was a film film. So tell us about it. I think this is a lesser known one. So so give us a little, uh, there, there's sort of a backstory to the, to the film as well, but give us a little information about the film and then let's talk about your take on it. Well, My Breakfast with Blassie was a, um, a takeoff on, what was it? My Dinner with Andre? Is exactly, that, exactly, yeah. yes. And, um, but it is a film, um, again, it's a, <laughs> it's a very peculiar film. And um, Andy Kaufman takes professional wrestler uh, legend Fred Blassie to breakfast at Sambo's in Los Angeles, and he interviews him. Uh, and this is when Andy Kaufman was um, wrestling women and had just gotten his neck broken by Jerry Lawler uh, at a ring in um, uh, Florida or Mississippi, somewhere like that. So anyway, um, Andy Kaufman takes Fred Blassie to breakfast. And, um, you know, it's, again, it's kind of a put on, but I don't think Fred Blassie was in on the put on. <laughs> um, and uh, they're both amazing, amazing characters. Uh you got to check it out. It's just, <laughs> and it's shot with like, you know, two cameras, three cameras, probably one on Blassie, one on Andy and one, uh, one stationary kind of, um, long shot of the, of the restaurant. And, uh, it's just, it's just fantastic. So, um, it's a quiet film. It's the audio is hard to hear. So you've really got to, you know, you've got to, you've got to focus. And, um, it's, it's a movie full of subtleties and um, uh, amaz amazingness. And, and that whole thing about with Kaufman, it's like he was a star of Taxi at the time. Um, I believe he even had a job at Sambo's at the time um, while he was on Taxi. So he was just like, he was like a living performance art piece, Andy Kaufman. And this is part of his, uh, uh, you know, this was one of his things that he did, and it's really great. And there's also a film called Andy Kaufman, I'm from Hollywood, which is amazing. And it shows his like exploits as a wrestler and um, all of his like taunting wrestler kind of uh, monologues towards the camera and like, you know, taunting the fans. And, you know, um, it's really great. But this is kind of a quieter film with he's having breakfast with one of his idols. Fred Blassie. So, uh, yeah. What did you think of the film? I thought it was great too. I mean, I, I love, and, and I agree. I, I think he, he had a job bussing tables, right? When he was on taxi. Is that, is that right? Yeah. He was bussing tables or a waiter. <laughs> I'm not sure. And he'd always, and he'd always deny that he was Andy Kaufman. Yeah. And, I mean, um, everything about him, I think is utterly fascinating and, and just, and so kind of lovely and amazing. Um, how he, uh, yeah, his life was like performance art and the whole like Tony Clifton, um, you know, alter yeah. ego that he would do. So many things, so many things were done to push people's buttons, which I just really, really fucking loved and respected. And it was done in like the most over the top, most like chauvinistic, you know, um, kind of way, which I thought was really just funny and, and interesting um, to, to to mess with people. And, and his obsession with wrestling, I agree, was 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 weird and um and hilarious and i think the way that he even like upped the ante with that i was like yeah i started to wrestle women and that upset people so much and um yeah i just thought that everything he did was very very uh 
interesting and also just very human in, in some way. It always sort of like, I always walk away from like experiencing something that he did with like feeling kind of like warm and connected, even if it was something kind of even, you know, subversive. Um, but I love him. Yeah. And I, and I, I always love a good put on. Yes. And he was the, he was, he was the best. And uh, he would like to get people angry. He got a kick out of that. He thought it was funny. And, you know, I, listen, I, I know I have some comic friends and, and they do that like in bars sometimes, but it'll get, it'll get over the top. It'll get weird. And I don't like it, you know, but like it, it, the way Kaufman did it uh, was just very funny. It, it, it never got um, ugly per se, but, you know, that was at the height of women's lib too. And so, yeah, it would get, it would stir people up and people would get pissed off, but it was just, it was like, he was, uh, it was, it was part of the put on, you know? And, um, uh, so he was, he was just really great. And I think a lot of his, uh, like the wrestling thing, he loved wrestling. And when he did his, um, Elvis Presley, uh, impersonation, he loved Elvis Presley. So it was coming from a place of, um, of not, uh, hatred it was coming from a place of like uh uh love so um and and uh, you know tony clifton uh, you know he he uh thought those kind of uh performers were were kind of r- ridiculous but also probably liked them too so it it's complex and it's uh it's cool and i like when people are um there's complexity going on uh yeah, I agree 100%. And I think I think you hit the nail on the head with um, where all this is coming from because I also know people that like to provoke as well. And uh, and oftentimes for me, it doesn't f- it doesn't feel right sometimes, yeah, or yeah. it feels very mean spirited. Yeah. I think I think because of who he was as a person, and certainly, obviously, I didn't I didn't ever meet Andy Kaufman, but I mean, this is all just speculative on my part. But I think that you know, knowing what I know about him. And and knowing, um, yeah, like where where all where all of these ideas originated from and the meaning behind them were much softer and gentler, and I think it was more about like you know just connecting and, and having an experience together and like actually you know also thinking about about things and the way that we treat people and there was all of his work was very seemingly very layered to me and uh, what was on the surface was just you know. Um, just a very small part of what he had in mind. And I think that's why all of those things resonate deeper and don't feel so mean spirited and they feel like good and funny and, and just the tone is, is is proper for me. Yeah. And he, um, you know, he, he didn't mind being booed for, for his, uh, comic performances. He didn't mind being booed. He didn't mind being heckled. In fact, it made the audience look, it brought out their ugliness and it was almost like, it was like, who's ugly here? Who's, who's the, you know, who's, who's the one who's getting, who's, uh, I don't know. He, he was just brilliant. But I also love in these two films, you know, um, the quality of my breakfast with Blassie is not good. You know, it's, it's like a, it's a super eight or a 16 millimeter. It's just very rough looking. There were, yeah, there were yeah. no lights. No, I don't know how they lit it. I, I don't know. It's just very, it I looks, don't think they did. <laughs> I mean, it looks like the inside of a coffee shop on a, you know, a, a dimly lit coffee shop on an afternoon on a breakfast, you know, it, that's what it looks like. It's a lot of natural light and King of comedy, you know, the interiors look beautiful, 
and uh, it's very, it's very um, of its time. And um, the 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 streets of New York look amazing. Also, in in the King of Comedy, uh, when he's you know on the on the payphone in Times Square, and uh, when he's walking around trying to get a hold of Jerry, you know, trying to catch Jerry coming out of the the revolving door out of the skyscraper, all all that stuff just looks really really great. New York looks amazing in that film. And you got LA on one side, New York on the other, kind of the same time they were filmed. And uh, it's just really great. Agreed. Agreed. Really nice selection. I I like this a lot. This is, this is right up my alley um, as well. Um, any other things that you've seen recently, just as a, just as a side note? Well, and you know, it's weird because like whenever I go to Europe, they've got an arts channel, like 24 hours a day. And they're showing, they're showing weird concert footage of like, you know, the cramps or something. It's like, why don't we have this in the United States? And they're showing, um, all kinds of, uh, art films, all kinds of music docs, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, why don't we have this in the United States? All these channels, and they can't dedicate one channel to like doc, you know, documentaries or mu- music documentaries. Or um, it's it's kind of weird because I agree with you. There are a lot of films that don't see, you know, they don't see the light of it. And you're even lucky to get them on Amazon, you know. So um, yeah, it is weird. I know, I know, I know. Well, Europe. Yeah. Europe's always been a lot We've more got supportive. a fucked up Even culture Canada in this in this country. It's really weird. It's like what we value is very States. is very strange, you know. <laughs> but it also, you know, um, it's what makes uh, the U.S. so absurd too. So I do love my absurdity, and um, there is something really fucked up absurd about the USA. You know, that's like, whoa, <laughs> this is this is you know. Yeah, I think we've gone. We, we, I think we, perhaps we've gone overboard on the, on the absurd for now. Yeah, we don't know what what was absurd yeah. at first is now downright fucking terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, because even like when Trump was was like doing the debates before he won, I was just like, oh, this is this is fantastic television, you know, like oh my fucking god, you know, because like. I was a fan of Celebrity Apprentice. I thought Celebrity Apprentice was great, you know? And um, little did I realize, like, whoa, no, he's, like, for sh- he's like for real. Like, he's, he's for, because everybody was like, oh, he's not for real. He's just playing a part, you know? And I think that there is a, a certain element of him playing a part, but um, he is, he's very terrifying. Well, uh, I'm hoping for the best this fall, and... Um you know, best of luck. I hope you stay healthy out there and stay, stay busy and creative. Um, I really appreciate being on. Okay, cool, man. Um, Hey, thanks so much for having me on your show and uh, uh, good luck with this. And let me know if you need anything else. All right. Sounds good. Have a great day. Take care. Okay, me too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that's our show. I want to again thank Danita Sparks for coming by and talking films. That was really fun. Uh, Once again, her picks were My Breakfast with Blassie, starring Andy Kaufman, and The King of Comedy, directed by the great Martin Scorsese. 
both of those films are pretty easily accessible. I think uh, the actual Breakfast with Blasi uh, is on YouTube in its entirety. So check that out if you haven't seen it or if you're a fan of Andy Kaufman. I highly recommend it. Thank you so much for joining us. And stop by next week for yet another double feature film recommendation from one of your favorite artists. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Contiki Podcast and stay up to speed with new episodes and uh, some bonus material that we throw up there from time to time. Also on Facebook, backslash Contiki Podcast. All right. Mask up, be cool out there, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>